You're listening to the Collab Talk podcast, episode 65 of the MVP Buzz Chat series. In this episode, I'm talking with Office Apps and Services MVP and Bacon Aficionado, Mark Rackley. Uh, hey, hey, it's Christian Hi. Buckley with another MVP Buzz Chat recording, and I'm here with Mark. Good afternoon. Hey, Christian. How you doing? I'm doing well. And Mark, uh, you know, for the f- folks that don't know you, why don't you uh, give us a little introduction to who is this Mark guy, and why is he uh, stalking me, or whatever it is that you're doing in your normal week? Oh, I, you told me to show up, so I showed up. I, I, I just, you know, I don't really have anything to say about myself. Okay, so anyway. Oh, good job, good job. All right, and that, that, thank you, Mark. And that's, we'll wrap that up. Yeah. Oh, what, introduce yourself. Uh, so, yeah, so my name is Mark Rackley. Uh, I am a, a uh, Office's Apps and Servers MVP. I've been one for five years now. Been using SharePoint since 2007. Um, when I first started out, I was known as the SharePoint Hillbilly. That was my blog URL. And, you know, I didn't really think that all the way through. That kind of followed me through for years and years. I'd go to talk to people, introduce myself. I'd be like, hey, I'm Mark Rackley. They'd be like, who? And I'd be like, SharePoint Hillbilly. And they're like, oh, yeah, I know who you are. So, But there I've might heard- be an extreme opinion on that, you know, some of the SharePoint Hill- Hillbilly content. But uh, you, you, did, you do a lot of jokey stuff on there. I mean, are you using that moniker at all anymore, or is it just kind of gone? It's, it's, you'll see it as a side note sometimes just as – because I know some people still know me as that, but it's not the main point whatsoever. Like if, I think if you go to markrackley.net, which is my blog URL now, um, I think it said, it may say there under, as a tagline and I'm a hillbilly, but it's, I don't, I don't ride that wave anymore. So, um, I just kind of, li- but you do live the lifestyle though. Well, I live in Arkansas and I live in the Ozarks. I live on uh, four acres off of a dirt road. So I, you know, the way I tell people is I can pee off my front porch. So I think that constitutes me being a hillbilly still. So that's, that's awesome. I, yeah. You know, I spent uh, a few years, uh, just, um, West of Lake Tahoe. So up in people that know Placerville, California and out off a dirt road. And, and we had a few acres out there and I miss that kind of lifestyle. I have to say that it was rough being a teenager without a vehicle out in the middle of nowhere. So yeah, I can imagine it will see my kids again, cause the internet, they, when it came time to start driving, neither of them cared about it. I'm like, whatever. They didn't want to drive. So. Yeah, it's my, my kids same same way. But, you know, but I mean, your, your kids had, I mean, I, I love some of the pictures and stuff. You guys are out ATVing or you're fishing or doing some other, you know, camping, hiking activities. So I love doing that kind of stuff. My kids are very much in the outdoors. But same thing. I think uh, three of the four didn't get their driver's licenses until after they were 18. Yeah, my my daughter got hers when she was seventeen. My son when he was eighteen. So, yeah, I was I was driving my car that I had already purchased uh, illegally before I was sixteen. Fantastic. Yeah, and not 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 much out on the streets. It was mostly out on private property for the most part. Well, in Arkansas, you can get a, what's called a hardship license, so you can legally start driving at fourteen. So. Well, it's the same. If you're out in Placerville, the same. I knew uh, folks that uh, had were able to, to um, that you know, they had farms, working farms, and so driving tractors, but other vehicles, and they were able able to do the same thing. I think it was 15 in California. I don't know it was a long time ago for me. So, 
but I think it was 15 where they were able to get their full license, but they were limited and I think couldn't drive after dark or something. Couldn't drive after dark, uh, can drive to school and back and to work and back. That's kind of the, the rules. Well, this is all great information for people that are really passionate about SharePoint to know about, uh, you know, underage driving. Of, uh, but uh, so, so Mark, kind of, what are what are your topics du jour? Like, what are you out there actively presenting on, talking about? Well, I didn't finish telling you about myself either. Oh so, wait, uh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. I got sorry. a lot more to go there. Yeah. So okay. um, <laughs> for the next hour, what are we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. No. So I'm. Uh, I actually. Uh, I. I'm the a partner and the chief strategy officer for an Office 365 and SharePoint consulting firm. Uh, called the Pate Group, and uh, my business partner is also a Microsoft MVP and a regional director. Her name's Stephanie Donahue. Uh, she's the brains of the operation, uh, but we do work all over the country. Um, I also organize a conference. It's called the North American Collaboration Summit. It's in Branson, Missouri. It's next April second and third. Uh, did you? You've, you've made it out there, right? I finally pulled you out I, there. I did. I did it to the one, and I was. I know you did the call for speakers for this next one, and you know it's. It's, uh, I know it's, it's different. I'm not that kind of consultant. And so it's, uh, it's a lot to kind of pack up and go to, especially that part. Of, you know how difficult it is to get from the Western U.S. to Arkansas. However. Like Atlanta through there. You know. But you can fly Frontier. So Frontier Airlines lands in Branson. And you can fly each way from Denver for like $39 each way. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's an it, option. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. I also have a podcast. Uh, it's called Tech Explaining, and that is a podcast to do with me and three other MVPs. We just kind of have conversations a lot like we're having right now, where we just go on all sorts of tangents and talk about the different types of technology and things we're working on. Uh, and finally, I guess something else about myself is that I, I uh, created an InfoPath replacement tool called Stratusforms. It's a free client-side dev tool, uh, and I wrote it because I cannot stand InfoPath. All right. And I know that, uh, that you got a little bit of flack from the campaign, which I participated in. Was, you know, hey, it's the end of life. What, what's the campaign around? End Say of life? no to InfoPath. Say no to InfoPath. Yes. So I have to put a link to the video as well in the, in the blog post. But, uh, yeah. So I got a bunch of people to just get on, the, get on there. You sent me a video saying, you know, stop using InfoPath. And yeah. yeah, it was fun. It was fun. That's great stuff. Well, I know that it's something too. It's like, it feels like almost every year, the last, uh, few times with your event with uh, ECS that, uh, uh, well, that's, that, sorry, that's the European one. So the North American Collaboration NACS. Summit. Um, yeah, NACS is that uh, you're like, I think this is the last one, and yet you keep doing mm -hmm. it. That's not true. I haven't said that in two years. So okay. so for the longest time, um, it was actually called SharePoint Alusa at one point, because it's a two-day conference. I'd bring in a live band for live music, um, and it's something that, you know, it, it's it's so much work. And every time you, you reach out and say, Hey, people, you want to help? And they're like, yeah, I want to help. And I'll be like, here's what I need help with. And I'm like, Ooh, I don't want to do that. So <laughs> it ends up being me doing a lot of work. And so it was always a push to the end to get the money, to get the attendees, to get the sponsors. And I was just, it was just, I was always too overwhelmed. I'm like, I'm never doing it again. But the last two years I, th I, I figured it out. I, you know, I know I've got core attendees. I've got core sponsors. I've got my costs down. So it makes it a lot easier and that stress level is way down. So yeah, you know, it's, it's funny, like we're getting ready to do our uh, 10th, I think 10th SharePoint Saturday, Utah. We're actually rebranding as uh, a 365 Friday, moving it to Friday and doing workshops on Saturday. So we still have the, like we're going to be doing a two day format, but you know, but people would be like, wow, it's so well run. It's like, yeah, because it's pretty much the core team that's been running these for 10 years. So that's the, it is, it's hard, especially, uh, starting in a new area, you know, putting together that core team so that you're not one individual is not having to do everything. 
Yeah, I mean, I've got some great helpers. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to like, you know, uh, Stephanie and Jason Himmelstein and Stacey Burst does a lot of help with me and Sue Hanley does a lot. So, I mean, I've got people that help. It's just that, you know, the, the, the nitty gritty things that people just don't like to do, it's, it ends up falling on me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, well, that's why uh, you're Mr. Personality and, and make the big bucks. So that's right. Yeah, I don't well, know so, what you've heard, <laughs> so, so over to the, to the topics. So what are you out there like actively presenting on now? Because one other thing about Pay Group, too, I did mention is, so you guys are part of, uh, in the latest round of the uh, Microsoft, the business application partners so yes. program as well. That is right. We are. We're part of the, we're one of the, uh, I guess the second round or is the first round? Second wave. No, you guys yeah. are the second wave. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the second wave of, of, of partners for that. So we're starting to do more and more with power apps and flow and, and using, doing business applications for clients. Yeah. You know, as a company, we, we do a lot of deployment planning, a lot of strategy, a lot of helping customers get to the cloud, a lot of helping them re-architect their sites. And along with that, a lot of development of business processes and business applications. So. Well, I always like to ask this question because you're out there uh, you know, on a regular basis and you know, in that, those planning activities. I mean, what are the patterns that you see? What are the, every customer thinks that their problems are unique. And then you go in and you're like, no, yeah, like every client asks these same questions or has these kinds of issues. Kind of what are the patterns that you're seeing? With well, you're right. They all think they're different and they're all the same mess. Um, I hope none of my clients are listening to this, but you guys are great. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> like a generic statement out there and we'll, we'll have like a quick scroll of every customer yeah. they have. they're all great yeah. they're all fantastic <laughs> and you i love you um no um the the things we find everybody has a, a mess of file share right everybody has just the most horrendous file shares with the most horrendous folder structure with duplicated files everywhere and um that's always like the the they're always concerned that that they're unique and how messed up they are with their file shares um, the really complicated site structures, the overuse of links everywhere, um, people who over-customize SharePoint and there's just no way they're going to be able to take it all over into SharePoint Online because of their server-side solutions or because it won't work with modern. All that stuff we see across the board happening all over the place in the silos, the silos between organizations. So it's, it's pretty intense. Probably the thing, though, that keeps us really busy these days, and you will be absolutely shocked by this, is people freaked out by teams. Um, freaked out by teams sprawl, freaked out by how they're going to govern teams, how they're going to stop users from just creating all these teams. The first thing most people are doing these days is just shutting teams down until they can figure it out. Um, but that is what we spend a lot of our time on is just education about security, compliance, governance, how you can do this and still let people actually go out there and create their teams without creating bottlenecks for them. Well, but that's the, the, so that's the thing about, you know, teams is that they, there's, it's not entirely unfounded, a lot of the concerns. Of course, they're applying the old way, the old, uh, you know, architecture uh, of, you know, all of their solutions to how team, you know, acts. But the, the, the reality is that you create a group. It's creating all of those assets. It, and so there, you know, you do have, and, and I would argue that Microsoft is still a bit light on the organization of a lot of those pieces, the, the oversight of those. Um, you don't have the granular control that you have when you own your own SharePoint farm and are building that out and controlling the provisioning process. And, and so, yeah, I mean, how do you have that conversation? What's your message for clients around that? Well, so the, the way I talk about teams is like for years uh, with SharePoint, everybody always talked about governance, right? 
everybody talked about having a governance plan. Everybody talked about, and they even maybe have it set up a governance committee to get a governance plan. But how many of those people actually went back to that governance document or enforced their governance policies? About 2% maybe, right? I mean, it's just, right. it never happened. That, that's high. It's like an open rate for an email campaign. It's like exactly. 4%, yes. Yeah. Uh, with Teams, that's a requirement. You've, I mean, you've, you've, you've got to take the time to actually learn about the tool, learn about the capabilities, learn about how you're going to maintain it, train your users on what they should be doing, create a real governance policy, have tools in place to monitor this stuff so that you can get ahead of it. Um, and maybe you do have some rules about who can create teams and who can't and, you know, what policies are you going to put in place or, you know, so it takes more work. I mean, you have to do that governance stuff now. It's no longer an option. Well, it's my first thought when they announced the, you know, the, the like being able to go in and as part of the provisioning process and be able to, uh, for, for example, go build kind of a customized onboarding provisioning process that IT can be the kind of the, the, the you know, uh, the, the gate holders of the, the, the gating factor for the, for anybody wants to go and create a new team. That's fine. Go through, fill it out, ask them some key questions about what they're doing. And based on their response, maybe have a, you know, provisioning, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a standard template for the type of site. If it's a project-based site versus an, a longer, you know, initiative versus a corporate, everybody's in it, you know, company-wide. I mean, just generically, there those are three primary project types that you might go and create. And you can now go in and customize the templates and provision and make, you know, so that it's even... Uh, you know, creating multiple, not just the, the one-off SharePoint team site where it might automatically add a tab that has a link to a centralized SharePoint, uh, like a, a shared services team or a project management hub or something like that. Yep. So you can really be specific and granular about um, what people get with that versus yeah. just the generic, hey, anybody can create a team. And then it really is just creating every one of those associated assets. Well, and this is where the education piece comes in because there is a ton of things you can do. So, um, yeah, I, I, education becomes absolutely critical with teams. So. And I'm sure you're still getting that question, the famous now, uh, uh, which tool do I use when? I, yeah, that's the question that, you know, <laughs> everybody gets. And, it's, and, you know, teams didn't help with that. And with Yammer and teams and then Kaizala kind of sitting out there, it's just like... Yeah, it's a conversation we have to have every time. Um, and, you know, the answer is always it depends. But we're seeing less and less. Uh, I don't know if you're seeing this as well, but we're seeing less and less and less adoption of Yammer right now. Yeah, yeah, because I have, look, I've always been, I'm, I'm a Yammer fan of specific use cases. Uh, and so, like I just did for the virtual summit, the Collab365 guys, I just did my session on, uh, uh, building uh, a, a modern extranet. And so I was talking about external sharing and extranets and going from a single user trying to collaborate with an individual. Here's what email looks like. Here's OneDrive. Here's Yammer. Here's Teams. This is SharePoint. And then, then they're at the very top of that scale, there's the full-blown extranet. We have all of these different options all along the way that give you just, that fill, fill different needs. And Yammer is excellent for some of those use cases, but you know, and for most of the way that people were using Yammer, I mean, Teams is actually a better fit. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. So it's, it's uh, 
Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't have a lot of clients that are one or the other. I think, you know, Microsoft's answer has, has been for years now and it's frustrating for people that are like, Microsoft, tell us the right way to do this thing that we're trying to do. And Microsoft's answer has been, there's multiple ways that you can do the thing that you're trying to do. What's the right fit for your organization, uh, for your culture and which is great and visionary to be able to say that like, Hey, there's multiple ways to solve any problem. But when there are different backend, uh, you know, on the back end, it's all different things. And so the decisions you make have these huge consequences about management of assets and, yep. you know, all those kinds of things. And it becomes less and less of an issue when eventually now SharePoint's on the back end of everything and the graph gets hold and it, it reads everything. So eventually you'll be able to go to a search and be able to find a conversation that happened in Yammer or in Teams or and you know whatever uh, you know a chat that happened in a word doc or a powerpoint you know that's tied to the document itself and it that's going to freak out the executives right they're going to go in there and search for something and they're going to see a conversation that they had and they're going to think that everybody in the company can see that conversation and that happens all the time too so that's that's a fun conversation well that was a wave that happened too after with sharepoint 2010 uh, while i was still at microsoft we saw that happen where somebody people are saying, you know, well, SharePoint search is broken. No, what happened is that it started working better out of the box and it was identifying that people had uh, been very sloppy with the protection of sensitive information with content. And, uh, and, and so, yeah, when you, when you understand how it, that's, Hey, I do a search and it's pulling up those things, which maybe only I can see. And that's why they're coming up in my search roles, but you go and search in the same environment. If you don't have the permissions of that, you're not going to get the same results. Right. And this is where education comes in again, because people are thinking if I search for it and see it, that means everybody can search for it and see it, which is just, it's just not the case. But it's one of the things we have to fight. Often it's like, not the case. It's like the, the, it's like the email we get in Teams where, you know, all of a sudden you get an email saying so-and-so is trying to get in touch with you. Uh, we have clients that freak out because an executive will start playing with Teams and they'll just, they'll put a message out in Teams. And all of a sudden some peon on the warehouse floor gets an email saying the CEO is trying to get, trying to get in touch with you. And they freak out. Oh my gosh, what did I do? I've got to figure out what he wants. They'll send emails. I'm so sorry. What did they do? And it's like, no, that's just a notification that team sends that he posted a message. Yeah. So it's, that's, that's something I would like to change about teams, by the way, that I would like to get rid of that message. Yeah, there's a, uh, yeah, the, the, I, I have uh, notifications turned off and every time I log into it, it's prompting you want to turn notifications on. No, I do not. Um, yeah, there's other, I don't know how much are you running into the, the questions around um, multi-tenant? I mean, they've fixed some of the issues. If you're logged in to your primary, you know, team's experience and are moving between, you know, guest uh, tenants, that's relatively easy. But for those of us, especially you know, consultants where we have logins to multiple customers and, and uh, have to manage, you know, multiple across multiple tenants, um, it's just kind of a pain. It's, it's, well, it's, it's more than a pain. It's impossible. It's, it's untenable. You're cause you're never, you're not getting those notifications then because you know, I, and I basically like talk, I tell my clients, look, you need to turn, you need to allow guest access and you need to add my pay group account to that guest access so that I can get those notifications. You know, if, if you really won't do that, I'll, we'll do it, but you're going to have to email me and let me know when you need to get a hold of me because I'm not, mon I'm not monitoring that team. So I'm not getting push notifications from that team. Sorry. Sorry. Right. Well, yeah, that's the, uh, that, that seems like every, every couple of days I'm having that battle with one or, or another, this client, you know, 
as we were talking about before we started recording, where it's just, it's, it's frustrating. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, not so, my clients. I love my clients. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, love my clients too, Mark. Come on. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's it's just like you know siblings. I, like I, so I'm the uh, second oldest of ten kids. Uh, and when you have that many siblings, uh, yes, I have favorites. So. Oh yeah, I've got two kids and I have a favorite. I'm just kidding. They're probably listening to that. I love you both the same. <laughs> I'm telling. Uh. <laughs> I met your kids. I'm going to tell them you said that. Yeah. Well, so, so what are you out there uh, actively presenting on kind of what are your hot topics these days? So um, the hot topics these days, I'm starting to do more with bots. Uh, I do see that that is going to be a continued growing uh, piece of uh, technology that that's, that is becoming more and more, um, which I'm looking for that that's the barrier to entry is getting lower and lower to get started with, with, cognitive services and bots. There's a lot of cool things you can do with it. So I've got some sessions and workshops that I do on that. Um, I'm doing some uh, diversity and tech stuff uh, at the next Ignite. So that's, that's kind of a, a, a growing space right now. And I think it's actually kind of exciting, especially since I have a daughter who's really into math and sciences. I think it's great to, to see that that's really becoming, you know, they're knocking down the walls there for, for you know, getting people involved in technology. Um, again, you know, a lot of um, stuff about adopting tech, you know, ad adopting the modern SharePoint, you know, adopting Office 365, you know, um, a lot of talking about uh, planning around that. Still doing my client side dev talks. I do a lot of introduction development stuff for SharePoint framework, doing the, the graph in SharePoint framework yeah. um, and that sort of stuff. So it's, that's, you know, anywhere from client side development to planning, governance, diversity in tech, and the, you know, cognitive services and bots. So, so basically everything. So the broad topics of kind of all the stuff that everybody anywhere in the world is talking about around Office 365, you cover that. So you know, that's when I'm the one-stop shop for everything Office 365 related. Well, that's cool stuff. And, and uh, yeah, I noticed that um, just on the, the DNI topic, you know, because like I've been, was working with Microsoft for almost two years on this project and we had a, this partner research that went live out, which you could go out to um, diversity.collabtalk.com and, and find that, that free report. This show is supposed to be about me, not you. I know, but, but uh, what I was noticing about a lot of the community folks that got accepted to speak at Ignite. So there's a lot of those, uh, to say softer topics. I mean, these are critical for, you know, for all of our you know, careers and just modern business and, and especially in, in technology, as you point out, these are important topics. And it's, it's great to see the variety of topics that got picked up from community speakers for, for this event. So looking forward to, uh, to be in Orlando um, again for Ignite. Yeah, uh, Stephanie and I are doing an unconference on Wednesday in Orlando um, with Ann Michaels on Parents in Tech. Um, so like Ann Michaels has a newborn, uh, Stephanie has kids in middle school. And she's already high. worried about technology with her newborn there. Yeah. You know, it's, well, how can you be a, a parent? Yeah. I, it's, it's, it's important stuff to get ahead of. And I've got both my kids that just got out of the house. So we, you know, have some unique perspectives there. And, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not thinking about that stuff anymore. I'm an, an empty nester now. So, you know, they're on their own. So. I'm, an, I'm an early empty nester. My daughter is a junior in high school, but she decided she wanted to go to a public boarding school. So. Well, she really wanted to get away. Wow. Well, so Arkansas has this school called the Arkansas School for Math and Sciences. It is a public school, but it's for, you know, gifted kids. You have to apply. You have to take tests. Uh, they only take a couple hundred a year. Um, it's a public school, but you have to live on campus. And it's like, you know, three and a half hours away from home in Hot Springs. Oh, wow. 
Okay. Yeah. So we went there for the parent orientation. Um, I went up to all the kids and I asked them, like I said, all right, you can tell me where is the uh, chamber of secrets? You can tell me it's okay. <laughs> but they wouldn't tell me. Did she, I mean, what house did she uh, get into? I mean, is she, she's not part of Slytherin, is she? Oh, I hope not. No, the starting hat did not put her there, but uh, no, but it's, it's a girls and boys dorm. It's, she's known about it for three years. It became her dream to go there. So she, she buckled down, applied, took the test and got in. So yeah, that's pretty super cool. proud of her, but yeah. you know, it's a little bit lonely in the house now. No, it's, I, you know, I, my daughter, my oldest is also a STEM kid. So she was a microbiology major and uh, you know, uh, so now she just had, uh, I think you saw this, uh, my, my first grandchild was born three weeks ago. Congratulations. So yeah, so now so I was just was going to make a joke about how we're not talking about technology with him. We're just sharing videos back and forth of him making faces while he's pooping. Nice. Yeah, it's hilarious. I do the same thing with my kids, but just not as cute. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's a little uncomfortable. It's a bit awkward now, but uh, you know. Yeah. Well, anyway, hey Mark, I really appreciate your time talking. People want to find you, follow you. What's the best ways? Where are you most active? Where can they find you online? So uh, blog post, um, markrackley.net. Uh, follow me on Twitter, mrackley. Um, if I don't know you, I'm not going to add you to Facebook, so don't try to add me. Um, LinkedIn, I'm Mark Rackley there. So uh, um, email, you got some, you want to get to hold me for like any of this stuff, is mrackley at paygroup.com. Podcast is textexplaining.net. Stratusforms is stratusforms.com. And, uh, and don't forget to come to the North American Collaboration Summit next April 2nd and 3rd in Branson. And that is collabsummit.org. So there's about 4 billion different ways to get a hold of me if you really want to. I have to say that that is a great conference to, to get to. It is a, besides just being in the middle of, uh, well, for, you know, for the coming from the coast, you know, being a bit more remote of an area. I mean, it is just an awesome venue there. Are you going to do the band much. again down by the river? Like I didn't get to see that part. So last year it was not, it was too cold to have the band at on the river. So we had the band in the, where we had the speaker party. There's a restaurant called the paddle wheel. It's an old paddle boat. We had band music, food, drinks. It was a lot of fun. So yeah, it's a two day conference. Early bird registration is going on right now. So for a hundred dollars, you can go to the conference. So uh, that's going to be up for the next month or two or, you know, I'm guessing how for whenever you post this, but um, yeah. awesome yeah. event. And if, if you can make it and spend a little extra time there, there's uh, plenty to do for other family members as well while you're doing the tech thing. Uh, so mm -hmm. it's, it's in fact, my, my, my regret was not going and buying a bunch of fishing gear there walking down across the street at that. What is that giant bass fishing pro bass pro like, shops? Yeah. yeah. So you can, there's a bass pro shops there on the Branson. It's held at a place called Branson landing. Check it out online. It's, it's uh, Branson Landing's a really cool place with shops and yeah, you're walking down. It has the music playing. So it's like being at Disneyland or something, you know, just you're walking down through like, Hey, that's all right. So. And it's got the fire and water fountains too. Like, you know, like the Bellagio. So it's like a, it's, it's like Vegas only not. <laughs> I know. I, well, I just bought like my, uh, my five pounds of, uh, of chocolate caramel stuff and gnawed on that brick on the way home. Shared a little bit of it with the family, but most of it I ingested. So it was good. Good stuff. Cool. Well, hopefully you'll make it back out someday. Yeah. Hope, hope to make it out there. So Mark, hey, thanks a lot for your time. Thanks for having me.